Howdy, hey everyone. Uh, we are back with another podcast for the Wannabe Superhero League. Uh, it's your host, Commissioner, however, asshole, whatever you want to call me, uh, Nick Weir. And we're going to be talking about week one and looking ahead to week two. Uh, this first week of the NFL season is always super exciting, and there's highs and lows and a lot of things to be optimistic about. But I don't think there's anything quite as optimistic that we saw this season or this week, except for one thing. One tiny thing. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but we have a Josh Allen sighting. 300 yards! It only took 14 weeks. Hey, but man. he finally called it. It happened. And that was it, there was no better feeling than when I'm sitting down watching a box score going... Oh my God! He's at 150 at the end of the you know at the end of the first half. I have a shot here, and then all of a sudden he starts creeping up there, and I'm in the fourth quarter going, "Oh dear Christ! Please let the Jets fucking score so Josh Allen can throw the ball." And it hit 297, and I went, "This is where I'm going to get fucking boned at three yards." And then he did it, ladies and gentlemen. Josh Allen is a 300-yard passer for the first time in his NFL career. God bless America. So it's Josh Allen, Josh Allen's mom, and maybe Josh Allen's like significant other, and then you as the most excited people that he did this. I, I legitimately am trying to find a Josh Allen jersey online right now just to commemorate this moment. I'm very happy for you. Oh, what a good feeling. But, dude, week one, man, we've, we've done it. We're here. We, we, we've, we broke the hump. We're, we're in there, and it ups and downs for a lot of teams, and I'm excited, man. Let's get, let's get this thing rolling. Yeah, let's get into it. And before we jump into that, we got to – hit the brakes and talk about a trade that went down this week uh and that involved zane and chris it was a two wide receiver swaps um and actually both were young wide receivers which is interesting um but zane sent darius slayton and chris sent brian edwards uh dan what's your first thoughts on this trade i really like darius slayton a hell of a lot more (laughs) after week one I, even after week one, before week one, I thought I thought Darius Slayton was definitely the better. He was in the better position, understanding what team he was going in with, um, and the the workload that could be could be shared with it. Um, I think there's better talent in the Las Vegas receiver room than there is in the um, Giants one, which makes Darius Slayton that much more valuable to me. And we saw last year that he had developed that chemistry with. With or with Eli Manning, he's fucking retired asshat. I haven't been drinking. This Daniel is a problem Jones there. Daniel Jones there, and he's got that chemistry that he's devolving or evolving. Man, what a fucking shit show my life is. Um, but I think I think Slayton I like a little bit better here. Yeah, I mean I think Brian Edwards like he definitely had the upside, and there was you know reason to be excited about him. But maybe Darius Slayton is just Mister gets no respect um, because. I kind of like Edward just a little bit more. Um, I think it's a close toss-up, but I guess I would rather roll the dice on the rookie, but I'm probably disrespecting Darius Slayton a little bit. And again, it's, I think you're damned if you do damned if you don't. We've seen one game so far. We've, we have more tape on Slayton than we do on Edwards here. Um, so I think that, that plays a little bit more into the favor. But again, I think very even swap of talent and receivers there. Um, I just I like the Slayton end of it a little bit better. Yeah, and I mean, what do you think about, like, swapping two, like, it's I, it's always interesting seeing the same position swaps, and then also, like, same, like, mindset. They're both young wide receivers. It's not like this was a vet for a rookie or something, or a vet for a young guy. Yeah, I always think it's interesting when you, all you do is swap the exact same position, because you've got to look and say, okay, 
somebody here doesn't view something the same way the other person does, and somebody's getting boned right. with it. And it's one of those ones where unless these guys went through and said, hey, I value this guy more in the offense and the outlook, or maybe these two know something we don't know and have some inside connections, but it's there's not much more of anything that, that looks at it. But I think somewhere along the line somebody views it as somebody's getting fucked somewhere. Right. I agree. Um, and, you know, who knows? Maybe this will be an inconsequential trade or maybe someone did end up fucking someone. I don't know. Um, all right. Well, any last minute or last second thoughts on this trade or? No, keep trading. We'd like to have these early segments of bullshit and fucked up opinions, but I'm all aboard. A hundred percent agreed. Uh, let's move on to week one and start talking about what we saw. And I think the most interesting thing on paper this week was the defending champ in both leagues, in the um, uh, Avengers and Justice League. Uh, Mr. Stefan and Mr. Nick Ruth, um, both were arguably the most disappointing teams this week. Now, it's one week, um, a lot of stuff happens, and this might be a little blip and not mean anything, or maybe this is a caution of things to come. Let's start Let's start with Stefan. How are you feeling about Stefan's team? Is this just a, a bad week and move on, or is there cause for concern? I don't think you panic here. Alvin Kamara did Alvin Kamara things. Nick Chubb is going to be Nick Chubb. I think this was just a bullshit week one. Uh, Zach Ertz didn't get the lion's share of the targets in any piece that way. Uh, Rotten Jones looked relatively decent in that offense. That's something that's got to be encouraging, and then so did Melvin Gordon. Uh, Jared Goff did just enough to get by with it. The Higby stack didn't help him. I'm not If I'm Stefan, I'm not hitting the panic button anywhere in here. The, the depth looks good. Everything is still piecing out with it. Um, I don't think you're you're too much there. You're going to get Cortland Sutton back eventually with with healthiness. Um, I, I think I'm I think if I'm Stefan, I'm still feeling okay about my situation. Yeah, I don't think Stefan necessarily needs to panic, but there's a few things that I think he's probably already aware of and thinking about. One, the division looks very, very, very strong, very strong, and. If you have a, you know, a weak stretch, it could fuck you. You know, it could keep you out of the playoffs. It might be the reason that you're in and out. Um, so that's something to monitor. And I guess maybe I'm not as optimistic as you are with Chubb. It's a dynasty league. I'm not saying he's done. He's washed. But this whole Kareem Hunt situation would be a little worrying if I was a Nick Chubb owner. Um, he's still going to be startable, but I don't think he's going to be the, you know, top. 10 or 12 running back that everyone thought he was going to be, you know, a month ago, two months ago. Yeah, I think when you got somebody that eats a little bit into your into your carries, and especially with a guy like Kareem Hunt who can catch the ball out of the backfield, I think that that definitely hurts a little bit. But inside, I feel like Chubb is still the guy that's going to be carrying a lot of the bulk. He's going to be the guy getting 60 to 70% of the touches every week. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, I guess I expect a little bit more from Hunt, but it's only week one. Yep, it's just week one. We're, we're starting early, and that's and we'll, we'll move into that a little bit later here as we, we talk about Nick's team um, there because uh, How are you feeling about, how you feeling Mayfield, about his team? Uh, Baker Mayfield's fucking atrocious. Devin Singletary did not get the workload we expected with only getting nine carries. Mm-hmm. Chris Thompson didn't exist nope. in that offense. Stefan Diggs and John Brown, I don't know if you know this, but Josh Allen can throw the fucking ball over 300 yards in a game. And these guys definitely benefited from it. Uh, John Brown got the touchdown with it, but Diggs, you know, 
86 yards with it outstanding on eight receptions. Um, you know, John Brown got six with it, so you got to feel good. Travis Kelsey does Travis Kelsey things. The 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 wide receiver situation it, it, being a part of the Chargers offense is kind of rough. Keenan Allen, I think, takes a big downhill nosedive with mm-hmm. without uh, Philip Rivers. Mixon had a rough sledding with it. Dak Prescott, I thought, looked relatively decent um, for what he needed to do, but Nick's running back situation is not pretty. Very, very much not pretty with no. talent there. Uh, if you're Nick, I, I'm wondering how how long you might try and ride part of this because you could be in a very, very deep situation here real quick if we don't get the production out of Devin Singletary that we need to. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think you kind of hit on everything. Mixon is someone that I like. Um, I, I think you, the only encouraging thing, though, week one is the workload. He dominated the carries and had a lot of touches, but the production wasn't there. Um, you hope it's going to be maybe similar to last year in a, a sense that it was a little bit rough to start off, but then he hit his stride and was you know pretty much a set-and-forget RB1. Mm-hmm. Is, but, this something, is this something Nick can fix with a simple trade? But try that's and, the, that's trying the thing to acquire a running back? But you look at Nick's team, you know, who is he comfortable moving? He's got three quarterbacks, but Baker Mayfield, I mean, everyone's, you know, we're going to talk talk about the Browns a little bit later. Like, is anyone lining up to, to trade for him? Uh, I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. He's still a name, but I don't know. I don't think you can feel optimistic about him long term. And then you have the wide receivers, but that's maybe hit the strength of his team and Diggs, Brown, you know, Evans, I think he'll bounce back. And yep. Keenan Allen, maybe you bail, but I don't think he can. So then if you're not going to move those guys, who do you have? You don't have a first-round pick next year. You don't even have, like, a good dart throw rookie that maybe will pan out like he did last year. I mean, maybe Antonio Gandy-Golden, but I think he needs a running back, but I just don't know how he gets it done. Yeah, and that's that's something where he's got to dig down into his, his bag of tricks and yeah. see we can find hammered, you know, in the evening and feel good about some of those things. Yeah, and I mean, we said that Stefan's in a very tough division. Nick's in a very easy division, or at least right now it looks like an easy division. Uh, Sam and Jerry aren't sniffing the playoffs, I don't think. Crazy things can happen, but after week one, I feel very confident about that. Armand, I think, could make this an interesting you know, race throughout the year. I think it could be um, reminiscent of Zane and Jerry last year in the sense that Nick's Zane, you know, he, he is the better team. He should get in the playoffs, but his team disappoints. And Armand's Jerry. But I think Armand's has a little bit uh, more talented of a team. So this, I don't know, could be something to monitor. I think Nick's going to make the playoffs, but I think Armand might make him sweat a little. Yeah, again, we're week one in. You yep. know, everybody's trying to get their feet underneath them. I, I don't think either team hits the panic button with it, but uh, I would definitely consider and start ex- putting your feelers out there and exploring your options. All right, well, we talked about some negative stuff in week one. Let's talk about the positive stuff, the stuff to be excited about. And the most surprising team? Josh to be... Allen? Oh, sorry. No, 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 oh, no, okay. not quite. Calm down, boy. Oh. Let's talk about Chris's team. Let's do talk about that. Chris's team, he last year was not great, but he also was in a tough division. 
And you look at some of the moves he made last year and look at how they're maybe paying off for him. He acquired Cam Newton. He drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire third overall. He acquired Terry McLaren late in the season. Um, he just acquired Darius Slayton. Um, who else am I missing here? I think those are like maybe the big acquisitions. And then he's seeing, you know, Will Fuller come back healthy maybe. Um, add it all together, Chris won his matchup. He scored 180, almost 180 points. Good for th- third overall for the week. How are you feeling about Chris's team this year? Yeah, if you're Chris after week one, you've got to be feeling super excited about what you saw out of Cam Newton. The mm-hmm. workload Elliott got, the workload Hilaire got. Um, Fuller. Elliott died. I didn't even mention him. Yeah, a Fuller, Fuller looking healthy, getting his stuff done. Darius Slayton having that chemistry. Jonu Smith looked, he got a touchdown that saves your week with it. Um, you know, oh, Brown. Oh, Malcolm Brown. Hey, and oh. he might still be, he might be a guy. Yep. Oh, I don't know how long it'll well last. Peyton Barber looked, you know, exceptionally good. Um, I'm missing a name here. I'm missing Marquez a name Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I mean, he always teases, yep. but he looked decent. I mean, he had two big drops, but he also had a really big catch. Yeah, and then Benny and Greg Snell. Olson. And Benny Snell, yes. I, you've got to be feeling good if you're Chris right now. 179 points in week one. Mm-hmm. The the question is is can Cam Newton continue to get hit running running what he does? Yep. Is Edwards Hilaire gonna repeat the week one thing? I think that one's yes. I think Newton's I, agree. I think Newton's toughness will be tested. He looked healthy this he first week. Did, back. He did look very healthy, but I'm curious how many weeks of that he can take. Mm-hmm. Um if Will Fuller stays healthy, you're good. If you can get mediocre quarter play out of either Jimmy Garoppolo or Drew Locke, hey, man, I, I'm not sure where the predictions went, but who hit Chris? Because that's looking pretty fucking good right now. It is. I mean, he's – and another thing, you know, Chris has his first-round pick next year. Not a lot of te- – I think only four or five teams next year have their first. Ooh, I've got mine. You've got yours. I mean, if Chris gets to the point he wants to make a move, you know, maybe Armand – looks to sell out and he mm-hmm. wants to move I don't know who Cooper Cup or someone Chris Chris is interesting I I don't think this is a week one flash in the pan nope. um, I, I, I think you've got to be buying some stock here mm-hmm. if it and that's got to make you nervous if you're you know Steve or Stefan right now uh, yeah I mean or Kevin you. or me or anybody uh-huh. well Jesus what a fucking division that division is going to be a dog fight yeah not not happy but I, I tell you what man i yeah it's it's like being in the west in the nba yep it's you're going to be battle tested if you come through this division that's for damn sure Mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah fuck yeah but i like chris chris is chris week one turnaround if he can stay healthy and avoid all the bullshit mm-hmm. i think that's a very big contending team 100 percent agreed you know who's not a contending team the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> My, Fuck, they look bad. I mean, Baker Mayfield, like, let's go. I think he's still riding the high from that, like, six or eight game stretch his rookie year where he looked amazing. But last year was a disappointment. And this week one, again, you don't want to rush to judgment for one week. You don't want to say everything's over. He was playing, you know, the Baltimore Ravens, one of the best teams in the league. But he looked bad. And him looking bad led to Odell Beckham Jr. looking bad, led to, you know, 
Austin Hooper, who they just signed looking bad. Jarvis Landry not looking great. I mean, collectively, you know, the running know who backs look good. Who's that? David Njoku, and he's now on IR. <laughs> he did. Remember that discussion a few oh, weeks back? Yep, that was a shit show of a discussion, too. <laughs> but it all starts with Baker, and. Uh, how do you. I mean. First of all, I mean, what do you take away from week one? Is this just week one with a new coach, no preseason, and you're like, all right, let's give it another week or two? Or are you ready to maybe make some, you know, jumping to some conclusions? So I'm, I'm not going to jump yet, but okay. I'll tell you this. I'm sitting on the edge of the cliff where, I'm, where there's three feet of shallow water on the bottom side of it. If, yeah. if they lay an egg against Cincinnati and Washington where their next two weeks – then, then you're you're full you're full swan dive right off of that into 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 the water because there's no way you're going to put up shit against Dallas. Indy's going to play you tough. Pittsburgh's going to play you tough. That's mm-hmm. three really rough weeks in a row before yep. you go back and you get Cincinnati again. I uh, I'm not going to hit the panic button. Yep. But my hand is definitely resting above nuclear reaction and meltdown. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I think that's the right assessment. Um, But, man, it's... I will say, I think... I don't know. Hooper, I mean, you rightfully made a trade for another tight end, but I would be worried about Hooper. Um, That is not (laughs) Everyone else, though, I think... Yeah, it's not. Um, And, you know, maybe this is just the effect of no preseason. I mean, they did hire a new coach you know baker's you know he's approaching that alex smith or whatever like fun quarterback you want to throw at him that has like a new offensive coordinator every year of his career new coach um but geez it's you're right the hand is it's hovering over the panic button and it so, is not so good. my question is is who else who else with no preseason had brand new coaching staff that they had to learn so daniel jones had a brand yep. new one he looked eh with yep. whatever. Um, Washington, brand new offensive system for that. Um, they didn't look amazing, but look I think bad, for their no. expectations, they probably exceeded them. Yep. I'm trying to think who else had different offensive coordinators that, are came, that came in. Uh, I mean, callers. offensive coordinators, I don't know, but, I mean, you look at a team. Do, do, do. Dallas had the same offensive Carolina. Yep, Carolina. Carolina, I think, looked good. Matt Rule. Um, he, he, he pun intended ruled maybe yeah. a little bit, but their defense is atrocious. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you, know, uh, you pro- know what other offense sucks? The Jets. Oh my gosh! And Lev Bell's on IR now, so that can't make you feel good. I don't mean to kick Nick while he's down and not here, but Sam Darnold. Oof. Yeah, that's that whole thing's bad. With it, but you know who looks good? I'll give Nick a boost here. Gardner fucking Minshew. This is true. Gardner Minshew looks legit, and so much for that whole Trevor Lawrence thing, because he is not, he's going to take him kicking and screaming to, like, the eighth overall pick, whether they like it or not. Yeah, okay, let's let's not beat up on Nick, but let's let's talk about some good players here. Yeah, so, I mean, week one is always so exciting, because you just see people come out of nowhere, and sometimes that's, uh, you know, it's a little bit foreshadowing of them dominating the season, and other times it's just a flash in a pan. We already mentioned one of them, Cam Newton. I mean, are you buying this? Is Cam Newton back to his 
pretty much top 12 quarterback self? If Cam Newton can avoid taking big hits, yes. If Cam Newton is going to try and initiate contact while running the football and design runs, which I think is great that they're letting him do that. I wish the Bears would fucking do that um, in their Mm -hmm. offensive scheme. But if Cam's going to continue to take licks, no. He's not going to last the entire season. If he gets down, plays smart, gets rid of the ball in key situations to start trying to make him plays, yes, I think Cam Newton's going to be outstanding. I mean, but, and this might be like a dumb like counterpoint, but can Cam Newton be successful if he's not you know playing aggressive like that? I mean, this week he rushed the ball 15 times for 75 yards and got two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why he was successful. Yep. The 155 passing yards wasn't it. So, I mean... If he continues to do this, if he if, let me put it this way, if he rushes for seven hundred yards, or can he rush for seven hundred yards, or do you think his body won't hold up? I don't think his body will hold up. I mean, when you look at what he, this is exactly what he did when he came into the league with Carolina, mm-hmm. and look what happened. And that I think that's just the unfortunate piece of reality that we have to look at with this. As a Josh Allen owner, that makes me exceptionally nervous when Josh Allen through the first half had the most carries and the most rushing yards out of the out of the Buffalo backfield. That's that's great from a fantasy perspective, but from a longevity perspective, ugh, he also fumbled twice, which kind of sucks, but you know. You take the good with the bad. Yep. I mean, we're not we we're not psychics, we can't project it. I think Cam Newton's back. I think he's going to make through this year. I think last year he had an unfortunate injury that lingered, and he think he pushed it, and it was a classic case of pushing it and fucking yourself. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be awesome this year, and I think he's back to top 12 status, and he's going to be a big reason why Chris's team is successful. Let's move on to someone that was traded for DeAndre Hopkins, and I'm not talking about four first-round draft picks in our league. I'm talking about David Johnson. That was a, that was an interesting game to watch. I'm not buying David Johnson. I, the, number one, don't like the Texans' offense. I think it's bleh, at best with it, and David Johnson does look healthier than he has in the last two seasons, so I'm going to mm-hmm. give him credit there, at least from what we saw initially. So that's encouraging. I don't like... Texans offense. I don't like the pieces in that offense. I do not buy David Johnson. So when you say you don't like the Texans offense, what does that mean? You don't like Bill O'Brien? You don't like Deshaun Watson? You don't like the line? Like uh, The line sucks. Yep. The, they still haven't figured out how to keep Deshaun Watson off of his backside with it, and I guess maybe that helps the running game, because if all the pass rushes are so far upfield that, <laughs> you know, you can run right through the middle, just like, you know, um, Joe Burrow did yeah. with it. Uh I I just I don't like the play calling at times. I don't like the way that that team looks. Okay. That's just, yeah, yeah, I mean, the only thing I'll say about David Johnson that I think you should be optimistic after week one is that he was he handled the bulk of the touches. You know, he got the bulk of the touches. And now with Duke Johnson being injured potentially, it's going to be his backfield. I mean, a lot of people forget David Johnson was – pretty money the first five or six weeks until he had that i believe was it an ankle injury and then he just looked god awful he had that like one you know video that was replayed everywhere where he was just running like he had ten thousand bricks on his back because he could barely move um but i I think you got to be optimistic i'm not ready to say he's going to be a top 20 running back but i think if you have him and i think it's kevin that has him 
I think you can be okay and be excited about that. Or maybe, is it Kevin? It's somebody, I don't remember who it is. It might be Stefan. I think it's Stefan that has him. Or excuse me, Steve. Steve. Third time's a charm. Steve is the one that owns, uh, that has David Johnson. I think you gotta be optimistic. And I'll, that's as far as I'll go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's, yeah, I'm done with him. Let's continue with two players that did it all last year. Didn't do any much after that, but they're back and pulling us in. Sammy Watkins had a good first week against the Houston Texans. You buying it at all? Uh, Sammy Watkins last year in week one. Nine receptions, 198 yards, three touchdowns. Yep. Sammy Watkins did not break 65 yards after that for the entire season. Mm-hmm. He had a game of 64 and a game of 63. He did not catch any other touchdown passes the entire rest of the year. Um, when you, Yeah, no, hard pass. I don't buy the Sammy Watkins bullshit. Too many mouths to feed in that offense. Yep, agreed. But it's funny that he does it two years in a row on week yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, let's continue with another one. Malcolm Brown. Last year he went for two touchdowns as well. Uh, was heavily involved, and then he did jack shit after that. Um, this year, there, there's, there's no Todd Gurley. Um, this year, he has Cam Akers and maybe Jarrell Henderson. How are you feeling about him? Of everybody we've talked about thus far, Malcolm Brown is the one I'm feeling the most good about. Yes, Cam Akers is going to eat into to, to some of your workload, mm-hmm. but after what I saw in week one... I've got to be very encouraged if if I'm Sean McVay looking at him, saying this is a guy that can go through and, and take care of the rock and get the job done for me. And he looked good doing it, too. And I don't know if it was the fact that the Dallas defense just kind of sucked nuts at yep. stopping the rushing game, but he looked good. I I, I like him. Uh, of all the numbers, of all the names we've talked about, I will absolutely take Malcolm Brown over David Johnson right now. So okay, it sounded like you were very low on David Johnson. I like, am very low what, on David Johnson. I mean, is Malcolm Brown? Are you gonna say he's like the thirty-third running back, or how? How much do you like him? Like over under top twenty-three and a half. Uh, I put him right around running back 27, 28. Okay, so that... solid like early flex option. Yep, yep. I would say I would I would have him probably maybe two spots ahead of David Johnson. All right, and do you think he's going to hold this position for the rest of the year, or this is like, you know, a four- or five-game scenario and then he's going to taper off? This is Malcolm Brown's backfield until he fucks up one time. Maybe not one time, but a couple (laughs) times, and then they'll turn it over to Cam Akers as long as 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 Cam Akers doesn't mess it up as well. I think Sean McVay will ride the hot hand in the backfield here. Nope, I agree with that. He's going to ride the hot hand. Um I don't think I'm quite at, like, I do agree that I think Brown's the the guy to own right now, and Chris having him is going to be beneficial, but I think, you know, hope, I have Akers in a different league, that he turns things around, gets more comfortable, you know, he's a rookie without any preseason in his first game of action, it's understandable, Um, but yeah, McVay's definitely going to ride the hot hand, I'll say Brown right now is probably more in the early 30 range for me. Uh, but definitely someone that's startable in this league with how deep it is. Yep. All right, and let's talk about the last guy, Naheem Hines. Yep. Running back for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, it was interesting. You know, Marlon Mack suffered the torn oh. Achilles, and Hines was involved 
before Matt got injured, and he was involved after, obviously. Yep. You know, how do you feel about that? I mean, is Philip Rivers his quarterback? You know, Philip Rivers, I don't want to say he made Austin Eckler, but Austin Eckler wishes he maybe had Philip Rivers after his week one game. Um, is Eckler the new PPR monster running back that's um, undervalued? Everything. This is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be. He's not going to be the the hammer that's going to run this this Colts offense. That's obviously Agreed. getting turned over to Taylor. Yep. With this, Taylor can prove he proved that he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Naheem Hines is quicker out of the backfield. Does have better hands. This is a situation where Jonathan Taylor is going to take care of first down, second down, and Naheem Hines is going to come in when you're in garbage time and need some extra bullshit and third down backs. I think this. I think this is a very interesting backfield. I think Naheem, Naheem, oh, Jesus Christ, Naheem Hines has a big upside to it. The question is, is if Jonathan Taylor dominates like we expect him to behind that offensive line, how many touches are you going to be getting unless you're chasing points? Yeah, and I mean, that's kind of the million-dollar question. I mean, and I get it. Jonathan Taylor, you know, he's a very talented rookie. He was the third running back taken in the draft, very high in the second round. But week one, you know, he didn't do anything until Matt got injured. Um, Now, who's to say we knew what the plan was going to be? You know, we can't argue those hypotheticals. But I don't think Kynes is going to just completely disappear. And I don't agree that Jonathan Taylor is going to completely dominate that backfield. I think Kynes is going to still have a very solid role, and it's not just going to be garbage time especially with philip rivers as his quarterback because philip rivers is at this point in his career captain checkdown um i feel like i get i think i feel as confident as you did in malcolm brown i think he's in a mid 25 or mid 20s range running back and i think for the foreseeable future i think he's very startable and very a desirable running back yeah yeah a lot of a lot of good upsides to these people a lot, of, a lot of good, encouraging week one things that we saw out of them. Agreed. Um, all right, let's, I mean, continue with kind of the upside and what we saw. Um, this is a dynasty league, so that means we're, we're thinking long term. Uh, we're thinking for the future. This is the first time, you know, we didn't have preseason that we got to see some rookies play. Is there a rookie that you saw that maybe stood out to you that you're, you were excited to see? Or you after week one, you're like, huh, this guy lived up to the hype or maybe exceeded your hype mm-hmm. I think, anyone for you I think you've got to look at Joe Burrow immediately and say this is a guy that came out and looked really really good in that offense and it's heartbreaking that, that your kicker pulls a calf muscle as he's going to tie the game up um, Yeah. but looked good, looked in command of that offense had to feel really really good from there uh, that, the quarterback wise that's where I would go, running back wise I would say J.K. Dobbins uh, looked pretty damn good, he ate into a lot of what Mark Ingram had going on it was definitely the better back um, there. Swift dropping that ball, God bless. Thank you, whoever helped knock that ball out of his hands. Um, Swift looked good in his offense. Um, you know, those are two names that, that jump out to me initially with part of it. Yeah, I mean, I really liked um, Joe Burrow as well. Um, I just think for a rookie quarterback that didn't have any preseason, that had a limited training camp, um, to come in and, you know, the stats weren't amazing. I mean, he had that long rush, and he 
but I think he got into a good rhythm, and that drive at the end of the game to move them down the field was very impressive against a Chargers defense that should be one of the better ones in the league. I'm with you. I was very impressed with that. Him and A.J. Green definitely looked like they were on the same page 90% of the game. Yeah, I agree. And another one I think I kind of like, CeeDee Lamb. He just, like, looks like he has that fit to be the next great wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, there's a lot of mouse, but, you know, with Jarwin getting injured, maybe it's just going to be three wide receiver sets, and they're just going to be feeding Cooper, Gallup, and Lamb all day. Yeah, Judy... Judy was the other interesting one that I was really excited about just because I'm riding the Denver offense right now oh, yeah. with it. And he had a couple drops, a little nervous at time mm-hmm. uh, with it. You don't see – you he had a wide open right in the middle of the field that he just fucking dropped. And you're like, oh, dear Christ, the man is human. Um, <laughs> but week one jitters, I think I think a lot of these rookies have a lot of upside there, especially one of the ones that were going early in the draft. Yeah, and I think another one um... – and who knows how good the Colts were, but James Robinson for an undrafted rookie running back, you know, I don't know if he, he made Leonard Fournette expendable or if the team just said they were done with him, but he didn't look bad. Um, and I'm very curious to see how he does against the Titans um, and really that offense as a whole, but that was, that was slightly impressive to see. Um, do, do, do. All right. So week one's in the books. Is there anything that you, either new predictions or, you know, anything, any flag you want to plant that you saw that you're like, all right, I'm feeling confident or all right, I'm feeling bold. Something you want to just throw out there. Um, I mean, Chris, as a playoff team, I think is probably one of the early ones that I think we can just rehash again. I agree. I think that's a very interesting piece. I think that's, that's that. That's going to be a dogfight for five teams out of this division, and it's going to be who's not going to screw it up here, especially since we're still on interdivisional games through mm-hmm. through week two here with no buys and going through some of it. I think it's going to be very very interesting. Um, I, I, there's a lot of interesting names that put up big numbers in week one, and there's a lot of names that kind of shat themselves with it. I, I'm not going to go too bold, other than the Chris thing. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. I think Josh Allen's a top two fantasy quarterback this year. Top two? Top two. Interesting. Um, I guess if, if you want to go bold, how about Josh Jacobs finishes as a top three running back? He looked good in week one. I mean, we see this all the times that I think the coaches just try to prove a point when they say, like, oh, we're going to get him involved in the pass game. And then they force feed him week one, and then it just never happens again. I think we saw that with Jordan Howard when he was on the Bears after, like, one offseason saying they were going to pass on the ball, and he got, like, five catches the first week, and then did nothing the rest of the season. Jacobs, he got four catches, and he just looked good and, like, unnatural. So if he's going to be involved in the pass game, and he's going to rush like how he looked like he rushed and did rush, I am all aboard the Josh Jacobs train. I think he could definitely be a top three and be a... That game changer. All aboard. <laughs> um, but I mean, I'm trying to think if there's one more I want to throw out there. I, I mean, I maybe Noah Fant. Noah Fant had some nice chemistry with Drew Locke. The the tight end piece is very interesting when we look at the points that got put up. Oh yeah. Um, with that position, a lot of a lot of good tight end work. Uh, John Smith had had a touchdown. 
Dallas Goddard had a touchdown. Um, yeah, just a lot of interesting tight end pieces here. I know that Ruth's rolling over whenever he's going to hear this because he fucking hates the tight end position more than anything. Um, <laughs> well, he's got Travis Kelsey now, so I think he's a little bit more open to it. <laughs> yeah, and Kelsey looked good. I think this is a – I think the – a tight end is going to make or break somebody's entire roster, and that's going to be the reason they either make the playoffs or don't make the playoffs. It's going to come down to a tight end. That's okay. I, I could buy that. Uh, the only other thing I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to have like a Michael Thomas esque year, like 160 receptions and just be a PPR monster. Yeah. So he, him and that. Murray had some insane chemistry in their first game against maybe the toughest defense in the league. Yeah. So I found this. I found this piece on Twitter with okay. this. So target share in week one. DeAndre yep. Hopkins, 44.44% target share. Devontae Adams, 41.46%. That's not surprising. Jamison Crowder, 39.39%. I mean, if, there's, if you have to start a Jet player, if your life depends on it, and God have mercy on your soul, it's Jamison Crowder. Yeah. That is the only person that Gase loves, that Darnold trusts, mm-hmm. that dominates the touches and produces with it. Yep. So Darren Waller, 28.57%. Now I'm going to skip around here. These aren't all, okay. this, all there. He had the same target share as Odell Beckham Jr. Okay. Hunter Henry had 27.59, the exact same target share as Keenan Allen. Interesting. Alvin Kamara, 27.59% as well. That's the first running back that you'll and see that, on the list here. And that might go up if the Michael Thomas being injured stuff yep. is actually true and he's out for a few weeks. A.J. Green, 25%. Allen Robinson, 25%. Quintez Cephas, 24.9%. There's your, there's your shout-out, Kevin, with with all of that. Um, Terry McLaurin, 22.58%. John Brown, 22.2%. Dallas Goddard, 21.43%. Dallas Goddard had the same target share as Josh Jacobs. 21.43% of the target share out of Vegas went to Josh Jacobs. And then the other name I really like, LaVisca Chenault, 20% yeah. of Gardner Minshew's target share. So... When you, think about that, that good. Yep. when you think about the fact that DeAndre Hopkins is commanding 44.44% of that target share, yeah. God, if you're if you're owning Hopkins, Adams, Crowder, Edelman, Thielen, you've got to be feeling real good about where you're at. Fun fact, I own two of those guys. <laughs> so you're feeling pretty good is what you're saying. Uh, if the target share is there, yes, 100%. Right. You've got to feel good if you're getting target share. Sammy Watkins oh, yeah. at 28.13% target share, by the way. All right. Well, let's let's see what happens in week two. It's this stuff can fluctuate and there can it can be very volatile. But yeah, Hopkins, whew, he's gonna feast. Yep. All right. Now it's time Any... for everybody's favorite part of the segment. Yeah, let's talk about some matchups. Yeah. I, I, yep. I'm all aboard this one. All right, and I'm gonna start this off. We are gonna talk about first. Do do do. Let's talk about the boring bowl. Let's make yeah, it easy. Yeah, the toilet bowl. Sam and Jerry. Um, I think if you pulled everyone, Jerry was a runaway first overall pick, and Sam, or maybe some other team, a toss-up for the second pick. But after week one, it looks like these are the bottom two teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, for this week, I'll g- give me Sam's team. I think he's got a little bit more of a complete team, and he's got Josh Jacobs, who we just raved about. So that's good enough for me. Yeah, I think I think when you look at the other side here, 
Uh, Derek Carr gets a really tough matchup. Tony Pollard's getting minimal use. Alexander Madison's getting some use, but not a lot. Metcalf and mm-hmm. Brown are the two shining stars in there. Edo yep. uh, Smith's not getting shit. Ruggs, we don't even know if he's going to play. Renfro looked good. Lavisca Chenault looked good. But you always, you can't feel good when you got to start with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, I'm going to take Sam as well. I think this game is within five points when all is said and done. I don't think either team's going to look overly crazy with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't th- I don't think either team's going to score above 100, 115 points. Yep, I buy that. All right, where are we going with the second matchup, Dan? Um, let's go through and let's look at uh, Ruth and Armand. So some of the guys that, I mean, obviously Armand's ahead of Nick in this specific one here. Um, Gardner Minshew gets a, a decent matchup against Tennessee. Not overly great, but not good. Joe Mixon, short week on Thursday night, but you're playing Cleveland. Um, and we've already talked about that. Um, Diggs and Brown play against Miami. Pretty decent matchup, not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelsey gets the Chargers. Keenan Allen gets the Chiefs. Mike Evans has a great matchup against Carolina. Um, Dak Prescott has a massive matchup against um, Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Looking at the other side, Swift gets a tough matchup against Green Bay. Um, Sammy Watkins again with the Chargers. Cooper Cup plays Philadelphia. Zach Moss has a rough one against Miami on the running game. And Terod gets Kansas City. Um I like Ruth in this matchup. I think it's this one's going to be by at least 30. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be 30, but I think Nick wins comfortably as well. Um, with Armand, looking at his team, he doesn't have a lot of depth. He doesn't have a lot of options. The only option he does have, Mitchell. Do you dare start him over Dwayne Haskins or Tyrod? I, I think I might. Yes, hundred percent. I think that I think when you look at the options that you have mm-hmm. with it, you, I, again, I don't feel very good about the fact that Tyrod's playing Kansas City. I feel yep. I feel better starting Haskins against Arizona. I I would probably switch out personally Tyrod Taylor for uh, Mitchell. Uh, yes, I think I would do that as well. That would be my switch as well. So, hey, man, we're, we're two for two on picking the exact same teams this week. Last week we went three and three picking the exact same teams. So, mm. so see if you can find us a matchup where we may or may we may or may not disagree maybe. All right, well, let's, let's get a little juicy and go. Let's just get your matchup out of the way, Dan okay. and Steve. Um, and we'll maybe go a little bit more in depth because I think at this point the matchups on paper look a little bit exciting. Uh, so when we look at your team, Dan, you're going to go with, of course, your boy Josh Allen, at quarterback. Uh, he's playing Miami. That, on paper, looks like a pretty strong matchup. Christian McCaffrey against Tampa Bay. Mark Ingram. How are you feeling about him after that first week? Not good. And my running back situation outside of that is really, really ugly. With Philip Lindsay being out, Bryce Love didn't dress, Evans didn't dress, mm-hmm. uh, Royce Freeman, uh, uh, yep. um, Cordero Patterson? Maybe. No, no. Uh, it's not great. Yeah, I mean, with Ingram, they were in such control of that game. Maybe the team's like, let's rest him. We don't need to destroy him or, you know, really pound him too much. I don't know. That might be wishful thinking. Yeah, let's keep going. Feel good there. <laughs> we look at your wide receivers. I mean, Devontae Adams and Adam Thielen, that was an amazing week one for you. And, mm-hmm. you know, going into their matchups against Detroit and Indy, that's pretty juicy. Uh, Hayden Hurst. Uh, we'll see. I'm not. He 
he had, uh, I think, a penalty, a, a play callback after a nice bomb. But it was a solid performance. Michael Gallup has a great matchup. Julian Edelman, we'll see. Tyler Boyd against Cleveland. Drew Brees against Las Vegas. Uh, then we look at Steve's team, and he's got you know Matt Ryan against Dallas, Aaron Jones against Detroit, uh, David Johnson against Baltimore, DJ Chark versus Tennessee, Juju Smith-Schuster versus Denver, Noah Fant, your boy, versus Pittsburgh. Uh, he's starting Hines against Minnesota, Jarvis Landry against Cincy, uh, Deontay Johnson against Denver, and Big Ben also versus Denver. Um, before I go with, or, all right, for predictions, for this week, I'm going to go you just because you have McCaffrey. That's a cheat code. I love the Allen matchup, and the wide receivers have great matchups. Uh, Hurst, I don't know if you want to hear it, but I'm not I'm not sold on him yet. But everyone else, solid matchups. Um, yeah, give me your team. Yeah, I, so we're going to agree on this piece. I think Matt Ryan against Dallas scares me, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of rough matchups. Fant, Fant and uh, he playing against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's had a really tough defense. Deontay Johnson and Big Ben looking the other way around. Uh, Denver's defense looked really decent uh, Monday night with it. Playing against Jarvis Landry, that's, you know, that's a tough matchup. Chark's got a tough matchup. Uh, Aaron Jones has kind of a tough sled this week. I'm going to take myself um, and hope that it continues to work for me. Uh, My, yeah. I think for me, like, one, like, little prediction, or, you know, not prediction. Mm-hmm. If Steve, Steve's got some really tough lineup calls. You look at who he's got benched. He's got Ryan Tannehill against Jacksonville. That's a pretty, on paper, should be a juicy matchup. Kareem Hunt against Cincinnati's bench. A.J. Green against Cleveland benched. I, I mean, I don't know who he benches on his team. Maybe Jarvis Landry, I think, is benchable, and I would try to roll with, um, honestly, maybe Kareem Hunt. And Big Ben against Denver, I'm not sure over Tannehill. Probably the right call, but Steve's got some tough calls. I think A.J. Green or Kareem Hunt, one or both those guys need to get in the starting lineup. Uh, Where are we going next? Uh, let's go to Kevin and Stefan. This is okay. this is this is going to be the make or break matchup here to really start this division off. Stefan, who I think a lot of people had favorited coming mm-hmm. in here, Brady has an amazing matchup against Carolina. Chubb's got a great matchup against Cincinnati. Um, let's see who else. Ertz, I, I like Ertz there. Um, Sutton, I'm not 100% sure he's going to play this week. Melvin Gordon looked good, but he's playing against Pittsburgh. Real rough sledding. On the other side, Daniel Jones has a great matchup against Chicago, as much as that hurt me to say a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gurley's playing against Dallas, so is Calvin Ridley, the king of garbage time. So so you've got to hope that that game is a, is a shootout. Derrick Henry has a little tough sled, so does Matt Stafford. Um, Kenny Galladay I don't think is going to play with it so we're looking down the down the list here Leonard Fournette could be an interesting play if he gets a little bit more more time Marvin Jones for Kevin uh granted they're playing Green Bay but he could Sterling Shepard stack with um Daniel Jones um Quintez Cephas could be an interesting play I'm gonna 
take what, according to Sleeper, is going to be the upset here, and I'm going to take Kevin. God damn it. <laughs> I'm taking Kevin as well, and I thought I was going to go against you. Oh, man. Well, we are, apparently we are sharing one mind alike here tonight. It seems, I mean, we're right now, what, uh, 10 for 10 for picks? 10 for 10 two, for picks, unplanned. This is never two games good. To go. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I just, I get Sleeper projects Adams, or excuse me, Stefan's team to win, but I just, I like Kevin's matchups a little bit more, and mm-hmm. Nick Chubb scares me. I'm probably going to say that too many times on this podcast, but I'm worried about him. So that means he's probably going to go for like 30 points. Something like that, yeah. You know what's going to happen. <laughs> All right, well, let's go on. I think this is a really, really exciting matchup. This is and a great matchup. It's... It's not a must-win, but Adam versus Chris. Um, Adam needs to get some points on the board here. And if you're Chris, you could be looking to have a real big commanding lead on a team that was, you know, a rival for a playoff spot. Uh, when we look at Adam's team, he's going to be starting Patrick Mahomes, Austin Eckler, Kenyon Drake, Julio Jones, Emmanuel Sanders. Could get a big boon with Michael Thomas potentially being out. Oh, yeah. Uh, George Kittle, Chris Carson, O.J. Howard, Adrian Peterson, and Philip Rivers. When we look at Chris's team, Cam Newton, Ezekiel Elliott, Clyde Edwards-Solaire, Terry McLaren, uh, T.Y. Hilton, Gronkowski is still starting. That's interesting. Wolf Fuller, Darius Slayton, Jonu Smith, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I mean... I don't think Chris has made some tweaks to his starting lineup. You gotta imagine Malcolm Brown's gonna be started. Mm-hmm. Benny Stell, or excuse me, Benny Snell, depending on uh, the James Conner situation, could be a starter. And who even knows with Marquez Valdez Scantling? Because Detroit could be a very, very juicy matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, and even Greg Olson over Rob Gronkowski. So I think Chris is gonna maybe putz around with this lineup a bit. And I think. Assuming he does, give me Chris. Well, glad to see we're still sharing that same mind. I'm going to take Chris as well in this matchup. Oh, God. Cam Newton is going to be the tough sled here. Mm -hmm. But I really like Ezekiel's matchup. I think Edwards Hilaire is going to help offset some of the Patrick Mahomes stuff. McLaurin has a very juicy matchup. Um, Will Fuller has has a pretty decent matchup. Darius Slayton, again, against Chicago, I think has a great matchup. With it, but yeah, I think you said a lot of the names that are sitting on the bench here, that are yeah. that are looking that same way. If I'm looking over at um, Adam's side, I might be looking at starting O.J. Howard, depending on um, George Kittle piece. But mm-hmm. then I might also be looking at the Justin Jefferson piece with it. Um, if they start piecing against Adam Thielen, it's got to go somewhere. Jefferson um, is you got to think is the guy that's going to have the next target share. And uh, the other one, as much as much as I hate to say it, maybe Corey Davis. Hey, I mean, it's only one week, but he looked like a fifth overall pick draft draft pick. <laughs> maybe he's going to be pulling a Devonte Parker this year, and you know, after injuries, disappointment, whatever, living up to a little bit of hype. Yep, I I think that's the that's the interesting one. So we're gonna go eleven for eleven, and we're gonna take I'm gonna take Chris as well here. Um, yeah, it's 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 not great. It's it's not great. So we'll see what happens. 
But well, Chris has to make some roster changes. The lineup yep. that he's starting now, I don't think, is the right call. Yeah, I, if he I doesn't make those either. changes, I'm not liking Chris's chances. Yep. But let's get down to the matchup of the week. Break it down for us, big boy. So, Mr. Weir versus Mr. Zane here. Um, you know, Weir, we'll look at your team first here. Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson, matchup against Baltimore. I, I don't I, don't like that. I haven't adjusted it. I okay. like starting him. You're not going Pretend to that's Kyler Murray. Okay, so Kyler Murray against Washington, I really like. With a Dalvin Cook, I like against Indianapolis. Raheem Mostert has proven me wrong after week one with me saying things. Mm-hmm. Allen Robinson against the Giants, I'm a fan of. Robert Woods against Philly, I'm not a big fan of. He looked really, really good. I just I don't see it. Mark Andrews has proven that he's going to be an absolute stud at tight end. Hollywood Brown, again, big target share piece to it. Cooper... Great matchup against Atlanta. Is he going to get the bulk of the workload? Waller's going to get his command his touches. And Russell Wilson's uh, just proven to be a great start. Lamar Jackson against Houston, I like better than Watson against Baltimore. Um, Taylor's going to get shares. Um, interesting, we have the McKinnon piece to the side of there. He looked very good in, in his. Hopkins mm-hmm. going to get shares. Uh, there's a Cleveland Brown player. Um, he, he likes to poop on himself. Evan Ingram has a great matchup. Tyler Lockett looked good. Dallas Goddard showed good share. Paris Campbell's an interesting one. Um, and then Aaron Aaron Rodgers. Um, Montgomery sitting on the bench. Uh, maybe over McKinnon, but who knows? Sanders mm-hmm. obviously is still out. That's a big hit against, um, against Zane. That's kind of where I look at part of this. Um, I'm going to let you talk your stuff and then we'll go through and we'll make our matchup of the week predictions yeah i mean for zane's team obviously the sanders you know thing could greatly change his roster and who he's starting if sanders playing he's starting him who he starts him over i don't know um mckinnon has a great matchup but i mean do you really want to start him over paris campbell probably not so i think mckinnon maybe goes to the bench and place the Sanders and that would maybe be the smart call um Anthony Miller Russell Gage both guys had huge week ones I don't know if I'm 100% buying them but I think there's a guys that Zane has to be considering in some capacity for my team I mean we talked about Jamison Crowder I would love to start him but I'm just not sure who I start him over given my team um might tinker with that a little bit but I think outside of starting Kyler Murray over Deshaun, um, my my team's pretty pretty set. Um, so let me ask you this question here. Uh-huh. So obviously Robert Woods looked pretty decent in his opening round matchup, but this week he goes in against Philadelphia. Yep. Do you have any interest in maybe starting an additional tight end in T.J. Hawkinson or Jared Cook? It's definitely something I'll consider. I mean, Jared Cook I didn't touch on, but if Michael Thomas is out, I mean, Kamara is obviously going to be the number one in that offense, but. Cook, you could make a case, could be the number two, or if not him, Sanders. And Cook already gets a lot of work. Breeze loves his tight end, so I, I'll definitely consider it. I mean, I think Robert Woods is a case that I'm just a bit higher on him than you are. Mm-hmm. I think he's very safe, and he's proven to be just, it seems like week in and week out, he's getting seven catches and going for 80-plus yards. And that's a great floor. Um, with my team, I, I don't think I need to swing for the home run um and i i I don't know 
I'd love to start Hawkinson or Cook, but I'm just not sure if I can get them in. Yeah, and for Zane, the question I'll post to you there. So we have Van Jefferson and Anthony Miller sitting on the bench right now. Do either mm-hmm. of those names become more appealing than a Paris Campbell? Um, Anthony Miller, maybe, just because of the matchup. Um, but Paris Campbell, I mean, Minnesota's secondary looks very, very dicey. So I can't fault Zane for going for the Campbell matchup. But if it was me, I'd probably give the slight edge to Anthony Miller. But I think it's like just such a subtle coin flip that I don't think you can go wrong with either guy, Campbell or Miller. What about you? Uh, I, the Miller piece is, is interesting. I don't know if I'm going to go there. The, the Giants matchup, the, the Philly matchup is rough for, for Van Jefferson, but he looked really, really good last week. Um, I'm probably going to stay Paris Campbell, but mm-hmm. I would definitely be monitoring some of these things closely and trying to look at cornerback matchups and where you can find opportunities and who, which corner is going to get picked on more. Uh, one question, or one more question for Zane, I'll pose for you. Um, if Sanders is started, is it as simple as just subbing him in for McKinnon, or do you get creative and put McKinnon into a flex spot? I think it's just a simple sub. Okay. I agree with that, uh, but yeah, McKinnon, that's a, it could be a nice matchup against the Jets. They did so. not look great. All right, so it's prediction time here. Are we going to go 12 for 12 with it? <laughs> I will start, and I'm going to take you, Mr. Weir. I think Zane keeps it close, but I think I like a little bit of what you have on your side of the ball better. Yeah, I mean, I'm nervous about Jonathan Taylor with after the Mac injury. Um, and Lamar Jackson's Lamar and DeAndre Hopkins might go for 15 catches every week. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go me as well. Um, I think it's going to be a very, very close game, and it might come down to um, do either of us have a Monday night person going? It might come down to that Thursday night matchup and how Odell Beckham does. If Odell can set the tone for Zane and his team, I could really see him dominating. But... It looks like I have Darren Waller going Monday night. It might come down to that final Monday night game. Yeah, this is week two is going to be a fun time. This is, again, where week one's already happened. Mm-hmm. You, you started either really good, really bad, or, you know, if you're if you're Steve and Armand sitting in the middle with one and one in points, the last thing you want to do is be down 0-4 or 1-3 with it. You've got to find a way to scrape some points out here. Um, this is start looking at your roster, check your matchups, do all your homework with it. This is where you don't really want to, you know, lose it. A lot of interesting, juicy matchups, I think, this week. A lot of really tough sleds, too. All right, so we both agreed on picks, and I'm not saying to change anything, but if there was one pick that you had to change, like gun to your head, I was like, Dan, you got to change one pick. Which one would you change? Uh, Stefan against Kevin. All right. I would change probably Steve over you if I had to pick one. Good to know. All right. Well, I think that covers it unless there's anything else that you want to quickly put in. Oh, man, right at the got, hour mark. Yeah, I was going to say we've got 20 seconds to, to do it. No, good luck to everybody in week two except you, Steve. Um, no, it's always fun to get on here and chat with you. Thanks again for having me. And, you know, yeah, let's, best let's of go, luck week let's go two. teams. Yeah. Yep. Watch your lineups. And, you know, thankfully week one we didn't have any crazy COVID shenanigans, but – don't get cocky because, unfortunately, we're going to have to be monitoring this all year. Yeah, buddy. And make sure we do our um, our uh, 
power rankings here too because we got to make sure we get those get those rolling after week one just in case yep sounds good all right everyone have a great week and best of luck